Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. We got fresh frozen <laughs> strawberry margaritas, and Terry's bringing us chips and salsa all night long. Nick's hips do not lie. <laughs> yeah, I got a MF wagon. Like, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. You can find them wherever your podcasts are downloaded or sold. With me, as always, is Ray Knight. Yeah, Johnny, I think this is going to be a great episode. I do. They're going to talk baseball, Johnny. And the baseball is the reason they talk and what they talk about. I think that's important to talk about baseball. And if you're a baseball podcast, you're going to end up talking lots of baseball. Well, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Johnny and Ray. Bob Carpenter with you here. And now, let's start the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 76 of Half Street High Heat. Thank you for listening. As always, we really appreciate it. I am Amanda. You can follow me on Twitter at 78. I'm sorry, I don't even know my own Twitter handle at a white 7877. I am joined by my braggadocious co-hosts, Nick and Ryan. You can follow them at DC Natchak and at Half Shack Cap. You can follow our digital media coordinator, OPT, at One Pursuit Takes, our blog contributor, Monty, at M. Davis Taylor, and the show at Half Street High Heat. What's up, gentlemen? How's your week? I thought you were about to give away your phone number there for a second. I know, right? It's like I'm, uh... all, all of a sudden your husband has friends over and you're looking for, you know, other company. <laughs> <laughs> we're her other yeah, company. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys already are my other company. Yeah, are we not enough? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? We're, after 75 episodes, we're no longer enough for you? I'm no longer enough. I got to get some new people to talk to on the phone. No. <laughs> I mean, it was a big week. longer than my parents did, so. Oh. <laughs> oh, Wow. Getting shit's getting deep. Oh, I said that word. Getting I, deep oh, on here. Amanda. God, it didn't take long into the episode this time for me to accidentally curse. Sorry about that, everyone. 
Well, makes you feel better. Um, it was a big week for me. Um, well, that does make me feel yeah, that, better. That Can makes you feel all the, world, all the world better. <laughs> yeah, no, as it should. Um, I'm the most important person here. Um, oh, I wow. finally bought myself my very own air fryer. <laughs> I finally bought myself one, and I even bought Nick one, too. <laughs> You're the you worst. Know, you know, my dad looks out for me, honestly. And so it, it, it just feels good to, to be, you know, appreciated. So Amanda took advantage of Amazon Prime Days, and as the mother she is, she gave her podcast children a Christmas gift, and she got both <laughs> of us a air fryer. And... I cooked with it this weekend and it's fantastic. It also cooks very fast. When that thing says five minutes, it really means like three or four because that bad boy cooks and it was fantastic. Yeah. How did your mozzarella sticks come out? Well, it's, it's brand new, Ryan. So like all the, <laughs> you don't have the grease clogging up the pores of the air fryer. So you can, so. <laughs> what a terrible mental image. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not what happens? Prove me wrong. I guess um, sort of. The mozzarella sticks came out okay. I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, like, they're mozzarella sticks. Like, there's no such thing as bad mozzarella sticks. It was a really good practice run. But then I cooked Mexican food on Saturday. Oh. Um, I made beef empanadas. Fantastic. I didn't make my own dough, though, because I didn't really have enough time. So I used store-bought dough, which I'm so ashamed of myself for. Did it get um, nice and crispy, though, in the air fryer? It did. It was actually really good. And then I made tortilla chips. Um, I absolutely hate corn tortillas. I think they're disgusting. So use flour. Probably should use corn tortillas. <laughs> like they're good, but like they didn't come out like how tortilla chips are supposed to. Still delicious. And then made my own um, salsa. So shout out Amanda for helping supply my delicious meal over the weekend. Was nice. fantastic. Glad you are enjoying it. We love our air fryer. We use it all the time. Yeah. It Have you used like yours yet, cookbook. Nick? No, I have. So I got got it Saturday and we just we usually do our like Instacart on Sunday. So we just didn't have like anything prepared. And then uh, so admittedly, we took advantage of Prime Day, too. And my fiance got an instant pot, which. Oh, those are awesome too. Yeah. So I don't, you know, have air fryers. I, I, I know like you know the basics, what you can use them for. But obviously there's a ton more recipes that I don't know. But, you know, Instant Pots, you know, that that was her deal, like, and whatever. So she really wanted to cook with that last night. And her mistake, you know, she went biggest, one of the bigger recipes first. No, 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 no. Like Ryan did, you got you to gotta test it out first, right? You got to see, you got to do the test drive with the mozzarella sticks before you get to the Mexican food, right? <laughs> so, you know, her, her you know, turned out, it was chicken and rice, but, I don't mean to, you know, dumb it down, but it ended up being pretty good, but didn't go like according to plan, according to plan because the rice at the bottom got a little bit burnt. So, you know, lesson learned for next time. But uh, I think, I think I'm going to go for gold and try to do wings in the air fryer first. So they I'm, get fantastic trick though. Do not overcrowd them one layer on the bottom. Okay. Okay. Don't try to put in too many because otherwise they'll never get crispy. So I need to do a test run first. So I think like something like mod sticks would be the the go to. But I'm trying to also, plan this out. Also, you know what? French it, fries or chicken yeah. fingers, anything like that. I was thinking hash browns too because we have hash browns. So yeah, that could be good. Yeah. So I'm trying to you know 
because I'm going to get very disheartened <laughs> if I mess it up. No, nah, so. seriously, make make tortilla chips. You legit just cut up a tortilla, spray some oil on it, and salt it, and then just not see how it comes out. Either. Like, it's it's not real simple. Call. Yeah, because I need to play with the settings. I, I, I need to nail this. I'm a perfectionist. On Yeah, but also, preheat, that's a good test And then they'll beep when it's ready, and then you just put in. <laughs> yeah, the tortilla chips is a good idea. Just get corn tortillas, because you're right, right? The, the flour ones never crisp up the way the corn ones do. But if you do the corn tortillas, just, you know, chop up a couple and throw them in there. And then if they're not quite right, you could just chop up a couple more. It'll be an easy thing to do a test run on. Yeah. But it's been a big cooking week for us, too. So my fiance's birthday is on this upcoming Saturday. But um, I got her a KitchenAid stand mixer because she's getting really into baking. Wow. So I got nice. That. I know. Majestic yellow. I, I know. I know. Um Mine is boring gray. Majestic yellow sounds pretty nice. It is nice. Um, so we got that. Obviously got the air uh, air fryer, the Instant Pot. Um, I just finally decided to go to the store and get a new propane tank. So I've been grilling even though it's fall now. And kind of grilling season is just about over, but I'm still grilling. So, you know, we have all kinds of toys to play with. So I'm looking forward to it. That is exciting. Well, that's fun. We did. Um, I I went finally into my garden. We're like shutting the garden down. I for saw the your season. pictures. That was so, unreal. <laughs> that isn't even all of it. I mean, I got most of everything except the peppers. There's still the probably. I know, and I have this huge island in my kitchen, and it like covers everything. And I still have probably 150 peppers, like little ones that aren't quite ripe yet, that I was just going to leave for another week or so and see if they ripen anymore. But anyway, all I all last night and today, I've been processing chili peppers we've got chili pepper relish and hot pepper jelly and dehydrated peppers and frozen peppers and my husband smoked a bunch of the hatch chilies on the grill today while i was out for work so um yeah we have 400 gazillion chili peppers to deal with it's a lot of peppers it is it is peppers are the easiest thing too because i haven't even looked at them I was very into my garden when we were all quarantining and then I got super busy with work and I've just like, I broke up with my garden for a little while and I've not paid any attention to it for like Like a toxic ex always finds its way back into your life. It always finds its way back. So I went down there yesterday going, well, I'll just pick some of these chilies. And I started getting into the middle of the chili pepper bed. It has like 30 plants in it. And after I like filled up this massive harvesting bowl three times and dumped them on the counter and I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do with all these peppers? So- Speaking of pictures of, you know, of yours on Twitter, I saw the picture of your daughter eating noodles. And yes. my favorite part of that picture wasn't, you know, her use of chopsticks, but the, the cup of mandarin oranges <laughs> off to the side that pairs perfectly with the noodles. Right. Yeah. Which doesn't go together at all, but she will eat mandarin oranges with literally <laughs> well, that's, anything. It's kind of like in elementary school and like in high school when they'd have us drinking chocolate milk with like pizza and spicy chicken sandwiches and everything. And I still do. <laughs> it's ingrained in my DNA, baby. Oh, yeah. I loved me some chocolate milk in school, those little containers. Although I always hated the ones where you would try to open them and then they wouldn't quite open right. And then it would be all like papery when you tried to drink your milk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah problems but yeah she's so funny she loves to eat with chopsticks because that's what we use when we eat noodle soup so she thinks you know she wants to be big people but she'll use them with one in each hand and i i try to show her and she's just like i can do it myself i'm like fine (laughs) do it yourself but yeah it's like spicy miso ramen and she loves it it's like the homemade broth the whole deal my husband makes fantastic japanese ramen yeah spicy noodles are undefeated i love them i don't need anything else with them they're just so good 
Oh yeah. So we just she eats it. She would eat it every meal if you'd let her, as long as she also gave her mandarin oranges. That would be. No, yeah, you need the nice palate cleanser. So <laughs> I understand. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, Ryan. There's been a lot of baseball-y things happening this week. You want to give us the weekend review? Yes, I do. There weren't too many news outside of the championship playoffs. series because <laughs> it's deep in the playoffs. And we saw the Rays take games one and two and three against the Astros. All of them were close games that could have gone either way. Um, the Astros did rally and take the next three games, forcing a game seven. They tried to become the second team in MLB history to win a series after going down three games. None. Unfortunately, they do not have the 2004 Red Sox magic as the Rays pitching became too much in the Rays won the series, and the Rays are headed to the first World Series since 2008. Once again, SportsCenter posted the team they beat was defeated, as they <laughs> posted that. that the Red Sox, I'm sorry, the Astros were defeated, but it got about 150,000 likes, so you see why SportsCenter <laughs> posted that and not about the Rays. The Dodgers-Braves series was also fantastic. The Braves went out to a 3-1 series lead with numerous key injuries, look like they're about to go to their first World Series since 1999, but the Georgia sports curse is undefeated. The Dodgers forced a Game 7, and then they won a Classic in Game 7, and they advanced to their third World Series in four years as the Braves blew a 3-1 lead. More on that later. Our World Series is set. Dodgers, Rays should be fantastic. The rest of baseball, as I said, was rather quiet. Bryce Harper did make his pitch for who he wants to be the next Phillies pitching coach, as apparently he is GM. And this has been your Week in Review brought to you in part by your local neighborhood chilies. Dine-in or curbside, get yourself a nice margarita and some famous chilies, fajitas. You will not regret it. Have a nice weekend. Get some chips and salsa also. You deserve it. Or make yourself some in your air fryer. Or make yourself your own salsa because it's a lot more simple than I thought it was. (laughs) I'm making some salsa with all my peppers, too. That's another thing on my agenda. I, I didn't realize it was that simple. I was like, huh, just put it in the blender. Boom, I have salsa. Yeah, look at that. Is this the uh, appropriate time to take my victory lap? Which always, victory lap is that? Always you always feel like you need a victory lap. Well, this one is actually, you know, warranted because during my preseason predictions, preseason, Preseason. I understand, you know, Rays, Dodgers were both the number one seed. This was preseason back in, what, June, July. Called it. I said Rays, Dodgers. And, you know, just to reiterate, I'd said Rays in seven, Yandy Diaz as the MVP, which it doesn't look like it's going to be Yandy Diaz. But if it's G-Man Choi, which I hope it is, I'm still taking credit because it's the Rays' first baseman. That seems fair, and I'll give you your Thank props, you. but I do Thank feel you. like you – didn't you change it, though, later? No, I kept prediction? I kept with it. I said I wanted to, but when we did it, you know, at the start of the playoffs, I, I kept it – I ended up keeping the same. Nice. That's well, congratulations. That's fun. Thank Hardly you. ever do the preseason predictions work out, so that's Yeah, awesome. I was going to say, I don't think anyone has ever correctly predicted a World <laughs> Series ever on this show, so I'm the first to do that. Hold on a second. <laughs> Hold on just a second. Didn't I say the Nats were going to win the World Series? I feel like I I did. I don't recall. I don't recall. (laughs) I definitely said the Nats were going to make the World Series. Amanda said, I'm not a boomer. I'm never going to say such a thing. And Amanda did not predict them. So (laughs) Um, my apologies, Ryan. Still the worst. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, that is fun. I, what are you predicting? You're still going with uh, with Raisin 7? I guess we should save that for yeah, our... Yeah, come on. We have, we'll, 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 save it. we'll save it, but I do have some thoughts, but I, I don't want to jump the gun. All right. Well, then we'll move on to our Nats spat, which is pretty thin this week. There's really not much Nats news to talk about, but they did hire a new pitching coach today, Jim Hickey. Jim what? Um, <laughs> Davey got this guy. Jim who? <laughs> <laughs> Davey uh, coached with him in Tampa and in Chicago. Um, he was also the pitching coach in Houston. He's pitched some rather stacked in 2004 right with houston the 2005 astros he's had some stupid rotations like he's had roger roger clemens roy oswald andy pettit um david price alex colome and a couple like a lot more people also have like the cubs great so like he's used to dealing with good pitchers um his philosophy is work quick throw strikes mix in off speed and there's kind of a track record where his first year with teams, their ERA and their walks go down. And then after he leaves the first year after he left, that team's ERA goes up. So that's kind of good. And Davey it gets his guy. Good. Do you give um, what chicken and the egg thing here? Do you consider the, he's had all these great pitchers coincidental? Or do you think a lot of these pitchers have been great because he's been their pitching? Coach? Well, Roger Clemens was an absolute no one before well, 2005. Yeah. <laughs> Never so, took I mean, there are some obvious exceptions. But. My thing no. with it is, you know, he absolutely has had some stacked would have been good anyway pitchers like Roger Clemens and Oswald and Andy Pettit and, you know, David Price, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, what I'm more concerned about, so he spent 10 years with the Rays, and, you know, we, we credit the Rays for their player development. This isn't a new thing with the Rays, though. This has been, you know, their motif for the better part of, of this millennium. Uh, you know, the, when they made the World Series in, what, 2008? You no, know, that team was a bunch of relatively unknowns like Evan Longoria and the team Carlos, was Carlos Pena. stacked right right <laughs> but they developed all of them and you know you can't give all the credit to Jim Hickey but he dealt with guys like Scott Casimir um Matt Moore uh Jeremy Hellickson when he first came up you know all those guys that maybe weren't the, the highest scouted the number one picks like David Price was and all that stuff and he developed them and you know some of them you know dealt with injuries went other elsewhere and just struggled to, to keep things going. But at one point, all of those pitchers were super effective, Matt Garza being another one. You know, he has had success with some pitchers. Now, I'm not guaranteeing success when he comes to the Nats, but he kind of has the best of both worlds. He has a, you know, strong three-horse front of the rotation to lean on and just say, here's some pointers, but ultimately I know you're going to do your own thing. And he has which provides him the flexibility to work with some of these potential back-end guys, Joe Ross, Austin Both if he's still around, Eric Fetty if he's still around, some, you know, candidates in the minors that, that may have a shot coming out of spring training. So, you know, he's kind of coming into a good situation, you know, with the Nats. We always say if they still don't, they always – like we said, they have one of the better rotations, if not the best in baseball. So it's a very enviable job, but I'm curious to see what he's going to do, obviously, with these young guys and specifically the bullpen, because the bullpen, you know, there might be one or two new guys, but it seems like for the most part, they're just going to fill it out with just some, you know, Kyle McGowan's and, and that type rather mm-hmm. than splashy offseason additions. 
Yeah, I agree with that. And and there were some bright spots in the bullpen this year, so I'll be curious to sure. see what they can do with a good with a good pitching coach. I'm excited. I'm hoping he takes Tanner Rainey to the next level and Tanner Rainey becomes the next dominant closer in the league. Yeah, he really did show some flashes. I I think he could become a really dominant closer. So sure. I have high hopes for him. High hopes for a living. High hopes. All right, let's talk a little bit about Key Boom. There was some chatter today. Was it Brit Bricciaroli who said? Yeah, so yeah. I, I have the quote here. Um, <clears throat> she did a Q&A uh, where fans wrote in some questions, and there's a question about Garcia, Castro, and Key Boom. Um, and she said that Martinez loves Castro, and he truly trusts him. So if he's healthy, he's going to play. Um, and she noted that he can move the third and they would keep Garcia at second as he was a pleasant surprise. And then she said, allowing Cuba more time to get reps in the minors, although there are different schools on thought on whether that would help or not. Ooh. And that kind of stuck out because, like, if there is, like, she, she works for the Athletic. Um, she covers the Nats. She has great sources. Obviously, there's people within the organization who don't think him getting more developmental time in the minors is going to work, which is rather interesting because you like to think, you know, you're going to develop in the minors. So there's probably some people in this organization who think this is just who he is. And that doesn't sound too good. No. Is Keeboom the Dwayne Haskins of the Nats? <laughs> Dwayne Haskins has no talent. So um, I would say is Carter Keeboom the new Michael Taylor, who, by the way, is a free agent. Oh, yeah, wow. that's another one. We should have put that into this section. We didn't even talk about the fact that and speaking of victory out, laps, cleared outright waivers and Just, chose free agency. So Michael A. Taylor, for the first time in ages, is no longer a gnat. And I could not be happier. It's a weird situation. He seems like a tr really nice guy, but he was just never going to be more than what we've seen from him. He sucks. That's harsh. Nah. Um, nah. But about, about Key Boom, like I get it was a Q&A, but it's like that seems like something you could report on your own, is it not? Like it doesn't seem like something – yeah, I get like – I know, think she said a more in-depth article was coming. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So yeah, that seems pretty newsworthy, like right, yeah, more yeah, than the, just to throw away line in a Q and A. <laughs> right. That that's what I'm saying. So if the news article is coming, then we'll wait for that before we dive in too deep. But we kind of got that sense with Keeboom that you know he didn't have a lot of believers. Not saying he didn't have a lot of support. I'm sure everyone in the organization wants him to do well, whether it be you know a, a cornerstone for the organization or just even you know trade bait, but. It doesn't seem like he has a lot of believers, especially considering the fact that he was a starting everyday third baseman after Castro got hurt and he got sent down. So, you know, it just goes to show where the organization, maybe the majority or a large minority, believe he's at developmentally. So, you know, but we also kind of saw it coming. You know, we've been talking about Keeboom and the fact that he really needs to, to get going for a while yeah now. or he's young he needs more time but it's been a whole nother season now granted it was a shortened season and it was a weird season but, but we, still, did, we didn't even see a like a flash it, it took no. him like what 30 games to get an extra base hit yeah and i you know i think of the three of us i've definitely been more of the wait and see on key boom than you guys have but yeah i'm starting to lose the faith i uh i don't know i i just maybe a regular spring training and a regular season will be enough but i don't know i just feel like the guys who have it have it by now 
for sure. I mean, you just have to assume, and this is transitioning to another area that we've kind of touched on a little bit, but we have some off-season notes uh, in the, our show doc for today. But, you know, Mike Rizzo has said, he said that this past off-season, he'd use the Nats as contenders. And you, you believe that as it may, but it makes sense because you have, a, a, granted, a small window to get the most out of what's left of Max and, you know, hopefully a prime year of Strauss and Corbin to, to make something happen. You absolutely need to get more offensive help for Soto. Um, but, you know, there is that foundation of what made you successful in 2019 still there. Granted, you may not catch lighting in a bottle twice, but it's still there. So if you're acting like a contender, you know, you got to trade some assets and then, that just means in a couple of years you're going to have a full total like tear down rebuild, but all teams go through that. It's just a cycle. No team is typically as successful for as long as the Nats have been. Mm-hmm. You know, this was our first losing season since what 2011, or is that right? Yeah, it's a hell yeah. of a good run. I mean, so, it really yeah. is. So it's overdue, and I'm not saying they they needed to tear down before this, but you know, fact of the matter is it's overdue. So if you want to go all in and try to get one more championship out of this, you really have to go all in. You can't linger in the middle anymore, and that includes no. trading someone like Kibu. So it's funny you said about trading because I had this article up. Um, there was another question about the Nats trading anyone to get an impact bat, and she said that the Nats don't have anyone to trade. Um, none of their top-tier prospects would be able to get anyone back, especially Kibu, because Kibu's value is – not great right now and they're not Ew. if they're going to move keep them they're not going to do oh, has no value um she talks about how they would have to get creative and do some packaging to get a impact bat but there's gonna be a lot of clubs trying to shed payroll this year so that means there's gonna be a lot of non-tenders and there's gonna be a lot more guys available on the free agent market that are going to be bargains because guys values are going to drop so there's a good chance that they may not have to do a ton of trades this winter or even like Just wait a it couple. out because like there's the elite free agents who are going to get paid and then slowly the non-tenders will pop up and they could if they get one of those elite free agents start bouncing on those non-tenders who are just desperate to play and you can get them for pretty cheap like i do agree like they probably should trade and she also said their best trade piece is max scherzer right now who just sold his home by the way but max isn't going anywhere because this is their last realistic chance of a title. I agree. Like, I agree. Like, yeah, let's, let's be honest. Like, you can be blind to it and think, oh, they're going to keep doing it. They're they're going on contending 10 years of just trading their farm system. That's not realistic. And then also, the Braves almost beat the Dodgers in five games without their ace and a lot of other key injuries. The Braves are good. This is the Braves. They're not going anywhere, and they're going to own this division, and they're going to be in the playoffs time after time again. Um, the Marlins, again, they said they're not speeding up their rebuild, but they have a lot of good pieces there, and they're a couple years away. The Phillies, if they ever figure out their pitching, and all the Mets have to do is stay healthy, which the Mets can't do. Like, this is a really good division, and I think with the contracts that they have, with the age of their rotation, and with, with the deferred money coming up, they have to go all in this offseason. I think they have to consider everything they possibly can if they want to make the most of this year, this is probably the most crucial off season and franchise. Like we say this every single off season, but like it kind of is because if they don't get the bat, they're not going to do anything next year. 
yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I I mean, I completely agree. Like we talked, I think I mentioned the class of 2022 or the free agent class. And, you know, that that's stacked. This one, you know, upcoming is pretty top heavy, but you might not be able to wait that long is kind of the point to get out here. Like, especially with someone like Max, you know, he, he was okay this year. Was, again, just weird year. So you can almost throw, almost throw it out the window. You have to take yeah. some of it into consideration, but, you know, you got to make some moves. You can't linger in the middle anymore and you got to make some moves both. Hopefully, you know, like Ryan said, some non-tender guys like kind of fall into their laps, so to speak. Yeah. But if they don't, you have to be willing to make those trades. I'll tell you, this conversation's pissed me off all over again about the fact that they didn't sell at the trade deadline. Yep. Yeah, it's looking worse and worse, especially. Yeah. Every especially time we talk about this, it pisses me off all over again. The fact that they're not picking up a single option. The fact yeah. that they're, rather than picking up options, they are paying these guys to no, no longer be on the team. It just looks yeah. like really bad. And it's already being reported that they're going to buy out every single one of them. Yeah. And that includes Adam Eaton for all you Adam Eaton truthers. It's a great day. You know, the Nats have a bright future now because Michael A. Taylor and Adam Eaton are no longer on the team. The good news. You just got done saying they didn't have a bright future. Now they do. (laughs) Funny how that looks. Addition by subtraction. The good news about Keeboom is that this opens up third base as a place to get production this offseason. Before, your options were left field and right field, and that kind of put a lot of stress on you to find someone there. Now they can also explore third base if the top free agents in outfield go out of their price range. So at least that's one good news. They have a, I don't know, what's the word, um, less do or die on getting an outfielder. Or like one of those yeah, it just gives them bats. you know more options and who they yeah. can go after after for that power bat that they need to get. Yep, All right, sure. why don't we talk a little bit about the championship series that just wrapped up? Bum, 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 bum. So I don't like the Braves. I don't know if like I I've made that pretty obvious before. Yes. Um, the Nats winning the World Series was the greatest thing that ever happened to me because I could just troll Braves fans nonstop. You did too. You t- you took it to them. Um, impressive. I, I, there was, there are some videos I really thought were going to get me suspended. I'm a little <laughs> upset. Didn't, <laughs> um, just go through, just go through my Twitter account. You guys will find them. Now I'm talking about, um, and then they won the freaking playoff series. And I was like, dang it. I was like, it's okay. And we didn't even get one full year where we could troll them back for the haven't won a playoff series. And in I, was, long thing. I was, I so was so upset because they ended the longest consecutive first round streak in MLB history. But then I was like, that's okay. If they don't go to the World Series, I can still say they're the only NL East team who hasn't been to the World Series this millennium. And then they went up 3-1. And I was like, screw it. It doesn't count. They're playing baseball in the pandemic. I need COVID <laughs> to come through and just take them all out. I need everyone to get it. Doesn't count. But then Georgia sports, baby. Twenty. Here's the, here's the best part of this. MLB teams in the LCS, when they've gone up two games to none, we're 28 to three in MLB history. You, just, wow. you, you can't make this up. 28 to three is going to haunt Georgia sports for all time. And the fact that the Braves blew a three, one lead adds more ammo to this fire and gives me even more stuff to troll this fan base with. And it makes me so freaking happy that Cody Bellinger, who sucks in the playoffs, hit a freaking dong in the seventh inning, which by the way, very upset I did not get to hear Joe Buck scream, there's a drive in the right at the wall. 
it's gone. And then just like go silent for the next three minutes while Cody Ballinger dislocated his shoulder. Very upset. Didn't get to hear that. That's okay. Cause the Braves suck and the Braves choke again. So everything's fantastic. <laughs> wow. Well, that's quite a recap of that series. Yeah. I was sure they were going to go to the world series, which sucks. Cause I like all good Nats fans loathe the Braves, but I also loathe the Dodgers. So I really couldn't make myself like want either team to win which is a weird place to be while you're watching a series. But uh, watching the Dodgers beat the Braves, I was like, I really wanted to continue that Dodgers choke in the playoffs mm-hmm. thing because I enjoy it so much, but also the Braves not. I feel like we would catch more backlash as a Nats fan base from Braves fans than we will from Dodgers mm-hmm. fans. So yeah, I think well, it's all good. Mookie Betts is the reason why the Dodgers are going to the World Series. Like he, yeah. he literally, yeah, he held off elimination in both those games with those catches on yeah. the rail. Yep. Yeah, and he I, was pretty good. I have a quick sidebar. Um, you know, I was pre- jumping the gun a little bit and preparing for uh, one of our segments coming up, our, our Twitter question. So I was looking at spot track for the, uh, you know, free agent class. <laughs> and I, I just doing a, a couple little filters and sorting by different, you know, variables. <laughs> and I sorted by age and it went oldest to youngest. <laughs> and the first guy at the top of the list, Dusty Baker, age 72. <laughs> nice, nice. Did you guys have any twinges for Dusty? Feeling bad for him when the no, Astros went out? Not no, at all. no. I, I honestly, I wanted the Astros to win that series. Um, Just because, for the rematch, the the Dodgers Astros World Series. Well, one no, storyline, the villain. They, like, the Dodgers play the villain so perfectly, and they're good for baseball. You, you mean the Astros? Like, uh, yeah. Excuse me. They like they're good for baseball, and like I just wanted to see team come back from three games to none, but also unpopular opinion the rays are bad for baseball like people don't realize this like the rays are the picture boy of the cut payroll don't don't, spend don't pay free agents take advantage of arbitration cheap labor they're literally the definition of capitalism like they are the that's all they do they signed one free agent pitcher this entire decade who was charlie morton who pitched game seven and, like, whenever a team makes a run to the World Series, other teams follow their recipe. When the Royals had their runs, we saw teams try to get three relievers to do it back in the, the bullpen. Like, they, they did, exactly. And then when the Cubs and the Indians made it, teams went out and spent big on just getting one elite re- reliever. And then when the Dodgers made the run, the Nats made the run, we saw more teams kind of look to get more starting pitchers because those, those teams got in there with starting rotations. Now, you have this team that was the best team in the AL, is now going to the World Series, and has taken out two franchises worth a combined $8 billion, has a payroll of just $25 million this year. Other teams are going to see that and be like, well, we can cut payroll and do the same thing. And they're just going to com- all of them are just going to follow suit, and this will either have one of two things. Free agency will be screwed for the next couple of years, like, well, it already is. It'll be worse than it is because we've seen this trend the last five years. Or and COVID. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All the teams have co- probably got that covered already. Exactly. Like all the teams have COVID losses. See this. They're going to use it as an excuse or the big market teams are just going to like whatever idiots We're just going to keep signing everyone and then get super teams. So I don't know. I like the Rays, but yeah, I kind of love the fact that they took down Goliath twice to get to, to the World Series. I, I think that's such a fun storyline. Well, yeah, like that right there is great. Like. Everyone likes seeing those Titanic runs, and now they have yeah. a chance to take down the other third Goliath. 
but their formula it would be it would be a magical run for them yeah i can see your point although i i saw one thing i think it was during the yankees during the yankee series when they were facing um i forget which i forget which game it was i'm trying to remember which number game anyway um they, their lineup was all by all combined. Their lineup was making less than the Yankees starting pitching. And it was like, that's not a good thing though. Like, yeah, I know, but it's a cool thing to think about. Like those guys, like it's to, to play up to that level when they're, you know, young guys or guys who people had written off and they didn't get paid a lot. Like it's a fun storyline, even though I take your point about the lar- the bigger picture, but it was Garrett Cole's game, you know, like they're all yeah. of them combined making less than Garrett Cole for the year. And, you know, and they were able to take down the Yankees. That's fun. It's like all off season long, everyone's screaming, you know, owners suck, they're in baseball, tax the rich, they need to spend more money. And now everyone's like, haha, Rays didn't spend any money. This is awesome. They're in the World Series. And it's like, where's that energy? Like you're you're contradicting everything you were screaming in December. Yeah, I hear you. Yep. It yep. is an interesting conundrum. But, you know, I'm happy the race won because I get the Astros playing the villain was good for baseball, but I kind of just got tired of it. I just, you know, and I, maybe I'm in the Oh, yeah, they're so there. insufferable. No, I don't think I, you're I in the couldn't, I couldn't, you know, I just couldn't do it. Um, so, and they were in the World Series last year. And, yeah, they were cheating last year. But, you know, I want to mix up. And I like the Rays storyline. I, I agree with Ryan. Like, if other teams replicate what the Rays are doing, it is going to be inevitably bad for baseball. But for this one year, I like the, I like that story. So I'm okay with them making a run against, you know, the exact opposite of that formula in the Dodgers. Um, so I'm kind of, and the Yankees. Yeah. And and the the Yankees. yeah so I'm kind of yeah. excited to see the, the two formulas go head to head and see which one prevails. But that would be pretty epic if you're, you know, whether you're a Rays fan or not, if you're a baseball fan, to see one team take down the Yankees, the Astros, and the Dodgers all in one season to win the World Series is pretty freaking cool story. Have been exercised. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun. Isn't it funny how there are some calls that, like, if you're a fan of, of a team, you'll know exactly what that call is? Yeah. 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 I, was gonna say, I was about to say RIP, but that's not right. I was going to say no. thanks to Doc <laughs> for all the memories. <laughs> yeah, not R.I.P. exactly. Not R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> Doc's career, not Doc. Retirement in peace. That's what I was saying. Yes, there you go. Yeah. There you go. All right, so let's uh, move on now to our World Series predictions. Who you got, Ryan? So looking at Dodgers had the advantage lineup and defense. Rays had the advantage in starting pitching in rotation. Um, that may overwhelm this lineup, but the deeper this series goes, the more it swings in the favor of the Dodgers. As we saw mm-hmm. with the Braves, as they keep seeing your pitching, they will figure you out, and they did against the Braves. Um, so I got Dodgers in seven. Kershaw finally gets his ring. Mm. I, I like that. Ryan, you put it perfectly. Like, the longer the series goes, the Dodgers, you know, it, it is, you know, put all your money on the Dodgers. They figured out the Braves. If the Braves had Mike Soroka, the Braves are probably winning the World Series because they were one pitcher away. You know, uh, I think his name's Ian Anderson. He was phenomenal all postseason, but he went one start too many against the Dodgers, and the Dodgers figured him out. And it was just enough. You know, 4-3 final, but it was just enough. And the Dodgers are that good that, you know, they're just not going to go away easily. 
So with the Rays, you know, you're trying to close this thing out in, in five, which is not an easy task. But if you are going to win, you know, you got to jump on them early and, you know, go from there. Um, with the Dodgers, so, you know, my initial prediction was Rays in seven. But, you know, this year in, in general, you know, the shortened season or the – delay in the season the the long break like we saw with the nba and the nhl it just it favors the better teams because on the the better teams on paper i should say because you know they can come back from time off or no preseason no spring training and then just be better for whatever amount of the season is left so in in that situation i think the dodgers have obviously they have a realistic shot but you know I'm leaning towards picking them now because this has essentially been a sprint and the Dodgers have been the best team on paper in baseball for the last few years. And also I just think, you know, we, we saw it with the lightning, you know, they've had some glorious playoff collapses and tweets to follow and they finally got theirs. This feels like the season where the Dodgers have, quote unquote, finally get theirs, even though it's a shortened season and everyone's, even if the Dodgers win, half the people are going to say it didn't count. So it just feels like if that's the one Kershaw gets, it's going to be like, oh, but it was a shortened season. doesn't really count. Right. It wasn't a real so world series. I can though. really see that happening. And, you know, so I'm going to stick with Raisin 7 just because I have the Tom some, Brady some impact on Tampa. is just unreal. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. The man um, just brings one in. But I, I just have too much invested into my, my prediction at this point that I can't deviate. So I'm going to stick to Rays in seven. <laughs> so but... you think it's going to be the Dodgers, but you're going to stick with your prediction anyway, yeah. just in case you can, you can call your shot and make it happen. Yeah, exactly. I like it. Don't call me fair-weathered. I, I won't. All right. Well, I I'm not really a fair-weather of... coach. <laughs> I kind of really want to pick the Dodgers because I think that's the safer pick that they're more likely to win, but I don't know what it is. I feel like Tampa's got some kind of magic going on. I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Tampa in six. I don't mind the Dodgers. As I much saw as a I stat. I like, I really don't hate the Dodgers and like wanting Kershaw to get his ring was kind of like wanting Ovi to get his ring. If you weren't a fan of the caps, it's the hall of famer who just needs to ring for his resume. Agreed. But I saw a really cool stat in the ALCS. Anyone not named Randy for the Rays hit 138. <laughs> That's a fantastic stat. He's, he like he doubled his regular season home runs. So him against the Dodgers rotation should be pretty fun. It should be a lot of fun, a lot of fun to watch. And I do take your point about the get you know letting Kershaw get his ring thing and hoping for that because he deserves it for all of his you know, all of his work and all of the heartbreaks and all of that. And it wouldn't break my heart if he did, although I do dislike the Dodgers just because, I don't know, honestly, there's just been too many times where they've been better than the Nats that I hold a grudge. But they've also suffered enough, at least enough for me, where I'm like, okay, you can have one. Here's a bone. Right. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Like, I remember just one, when the, just the Caps were in the Stanley Cup and it was against the – and it the was Knights. against the Golden Knights. And I was like, you can't have no, one. You can't. You cannot have a Stanley Cup. Yeah, it is they not haven't fair. haven't suffered enough. Yeah, exactly. No, it has been, exactly. You have, to, you have to suffer enough, especially for coming from D.C. sports, being a D.C. sports fan your whole life. Like, no, you don't get to just start out like this and then, and then go win it all. Like, it's not okay. Agreed. So I, 
with the Dodgers, yeah, they've suffered a lot. They've been to a lot of through a lot of playoff heartbreak. And I know there are a lot of fan a lot of fan bases that would kill even to get to the playoffs all the time, you know, like the Dodgers do, or really like the Nats have done. But it, it, there's a different kind of heartbreak of my team sucks and they never make the playoffs to my team makes the playoffs and never gets over the hump. And that I think is for DC sports fans what we were dealing with with the Caps and with the Nats and and when we finally you know got the Stanley Cup and then a World Series, it was just like catharsis. And I feel like that's what it would be for the Dodgers. It's not just winning the championship. It's the catharsis of, of all of the, the suffering and all the failures that would come before. So, yeah, I also really just love Mookie Betts. Like I almost want to just get a Mookie Betts Jersey because I, I just love Mookie Betts. So but I from mind which seeing... team? Oh, no. If you were the to Dodgers. get Oh, a Dodgers Jersey. Oh, I, I would never wear it, but you know, if it's 30 bucks on DH gate, why not? Just wait until he's a gnat and then you can get one of those when he's 40. I, I, I will. <laughs> right. It's probably exactly what it would happen. You thought my, my scooter train was hype, which he's still a free agent, by the way. Um, but you know, my 40 year old Mookie bets to DC, you know, hype train is going to be something fierce. If he's ever in DC, that's when it will be. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that actually, um, takes us to our next segment, which I don't know exactly what this is, but Ryan hit us. What's up yes. with sports ratings? So, I saw this article, and I thought it was rather interesting, and I wanted to hear your all's opinion on this. So it was called, just real simple, Why Are Sports Ratings Down? And it did a nationwide survey, and it was a large enough sample size where they could get an accurate assumption for the entire population. So just to prerequisite this, um, NBA Finals viewership was down 51%. Game 3 wow. the NBA Finals was the lowest rated Game 3 on record. Um, NHL ratings were down over 60%. Uh, MLB playoffs were down 45%. Game 2 of the ALCS was the least watched ALCS in record. Um, the Kentucky Derby was down 50%. The U.S. Golf Tournament was down 55%. The U.S. Open Tennis Tournament was down 50%. Um, NFL, which is a juggernaut, their Sunday night games are down 23%, and overall they're down 15% on the season. The WNBA is the only sport with an increase in ratings. They're seeing 15% up, which is interesting. There is good news for baseball. Dodgers-Braves Game 7 was the most watched LCS since 2017. But overall, every sport is hurting right now. And they did a huge questionnaire amongst all participants asking them several questions on why are ratings down about several different factors if this would either change, uh, sorry, would make them watch less, make them want to watch less, make them want to watch more, or no change. So I just want to hear your all's predictions before I read off the findings. My, you know, first inclination is to do what I've been doing for the past eight months or however long it's been and blame it on COVID. Um, you know, I, I would have to think, especially with stuff like the, the Stanley Cup in the finals and just playoffs in general, you know, if you're a fan of that team and you live in the area, your first notion is, oh, how much are tickets, right? And if tickets are just too much or sold out or whatever, then you're like, okay, where am I going to watch the game, right? But we haven't had any of that. Like, you know, yes, things are opening back up, but there's still a lot, a large majority of people that are, you know, playing it safe, not going out and all that stuff. 
And if they don't have people to watch it with or, you know, make it an event to go somewhere, watch the game, have a night, and instead they're just watching it on their couch, which some fans, again, like myself included, like to do, then I, I feel like they're less likely to watch, uh, you know, whatever, even if they're a super fan or just a fan of the sport. So, I mean, that that's my first inclination, um, just that kind of trickle-down effect of wanting an event and not being able to have it due to COVID. But I'm sure because you're asking, there's some, you know, other overarching, you know, reason <laughs> for this. Yeah, um, my reaction was kind of similar as I was listening to those numbers from you is that I wonder if this year has been so weird, at least for for me personally, I, I'll sit on my couch and watch a game by myself, but it's mm-hmm. way more fun to have, even if you're not going anywhere, even if you just have friends over, even if, you know, you're just like, hey, I'm yeah. going to hang out at my brother's house, whatever, like, even if it's not like an event that you're going to go out to. I, I feel still like consider the, that, well, when I said event, you know, I just meant like get together, whether you go out to a bar or. Yeah, you know, or you go somewhere. Have people have, over, yeah. And I think that's what it is. I think that the lack of social interaction has maybe made people less interested in sports and maybe also because people go to work and they talk about it with their coworkers. Yeah. And if you're not going to go to work the next day and talk about it, then maybe you don't pay as much attention to the game. You know, so I, I don't know. It's a, it's a super interesting set of statistics. So I am very curious to hear. Especially across every single sport. Yeah. You know, baseball, that's one thing. There's plenty of reasons why ratings might suck in baseball. But, you know, across the board, that it, especially with someone like LeBron and the Lakers in the finals, because, you know, obviously there was a lot of tie-ins with LeBron versus MJ, LeBron himself, Kobe, the Lakers, um, and, and all this stuff. There's a lot of storylines along with that. So I was very surprised to hear those numbers as well. Yeah, so, so it was, put us out of our misery. What's the answer? So I'm just going to walk you through their whole thesis where they're trying to figure this out. Um, the first thing that they asked was they thought it was the increased political activism in sport, activism, excuse me, in sports. Wow. It completely went over my head. but Yeah, that might have been part of it. I wouldn't be surprised. 46% of fans said this had no impact on them. And 30% of fans said this made them want to watch more. So the survey shows that this had no impact, except for NASCAR. 50% of NASCAR fans said they're less likely to watch now, which was probably the funniest thing I've ever read in my life. So so that's at seven. So you said 46 and 30, so that's 76%. That's but that 70, still means 24% are saying that that did impact. Their, yeah, but like 26% is not really going to hit a big no, old dip in ratings. It would contribute to a dip in ratings, but it certainly would be enough to explain it. So they thought, well, maybe COVID. Um, 80% of Americans said COVID and pandemic and being home did not change their sport watching habits, which was interesting. So then they moved on to other things. Um, They thought, well, maybe it's no fans. Um, 73% of people said no fans and made them want to watch less. And 20% of people did not answer that question. So you can't really draw anything from that. So then they moved on and they thought, well, let's look at baseball. Maybe it's the rule changes. 72% of fans said the rule changes did not change anything for them for ratings, which was interesting. So then they're like, all right, let's ask them about the election because historically 
election years, sports drop off, but they drop off around 4%, not this great ability. 67% said the election did not impact their sport watching. So at this point, they have no idea what the heck's going on. So they just go to a very basic question. And they said, do you watch the same amount of sports as you did before? That number dropped from 60 to 57%. So there's a 3% decline in fans who watch sports less than they did before. All of them were 65 and up. But there was more troubling stuff where 16% of people said they don't watch baseball as much as they used to. 18% of people said they don't watch basketball as much as they used to. And 25% people said they don't watch football and 33% of people said they don't watch NASCAR as much as they used to. So there may be a huge type of combination in that, but the, the data kind of just says people just aren't watching sports as much as they used to, um, especially in the older age. The young categories, they're still dominating watching sports, but the majority of our country is older, and older people are not caring about sports right now as much as they used to. That's interesting. So like most things in this country, you can blame it on the people 65 and up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Although I always like to say for, you know, every millennial who hates a boomer or a boomer who hates a millennial, just remember that there's a generation between you. Who an, angel gets a, an angel gets its wings. No, nothing. Just say there's a generation between you that hates you both. That's the So the theory... Um, there's one other paragraph I do apologize, is that they think people got used to no sports for months, realized oh. they didn't miss it that much, and Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, and Disney Plus are seeing record subscribers that people kind of just got used to no sports, and they just don't really miss as much as they used to. As they that is they actually have. very interesting, because I'll bet you there are a lot of people who are like, well, I haven't had x sport whatever i used to watch in months and i'm doing these other things and then when the sport comes back maybe they just don't come back or don't it, come back as much it took me a while to get like in the hang of it of like oh crap there's actually sports on right now and like get yeah, in the hang of always for a while did it <laughs> it yeah. did it was weird um i don't know i like stuff like this i think it's really fascinating um you know sports execs are kind of paying attention to it because they're going to rely heavily on TV ratings to boost their money, especially with no fans. So this is something that all sports executives are paying attention to right now. And they're going to keep watching the NFL to try to figure it out because that's usually the thing that nothing can hurt the NFL and NFL is hurting right now. So just something interesting to watch. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Let's move on to our Twitter questions. So I'd just like to take a moment to sidebar here and express my disappointment to you, our listeners. Uh, we got only one Twitter question. I don't know what's going on with you guys today. We're going to give you a mulligan. Just do better next week. I tweeted that um, early today, too. Tyler I think also that might said be the problem. he wants you to pronounce his name correctly. All right. Jaunt? Wa Jaunt? Jaunt Soto? You're on your own. I think it should be <laughs> want. Like Juan with a T on the end. Want soda? Jaunt. <laughs> like joint. All right. I'm going to call it want. You do you. I'm going to do <laughs> want soda. He's going to change All his right. Twitter name again next week anyways. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, good question from him, which is, who are some names you think the Nats settle on after they miss out on all the big name free agents? I feel like we've had this question before. But I love it. I'll talk about it all day long. 
because you know just like the fantasy football draft is the best part of the season the off season is the best part of the baseball season um, i love tracking all the moves you know i love george springer you know just watching i him knew that was gonna dominate, be the first name out of your mouth <laughs> watching him dominate in the alcs just makes me excited to see hold on, hold on. Can, we, can we talk about him for a second sure He's put up more home runs and almost just as many RBIs in like 50 playoff games than Adam Eaton did in 153 games the last full season they played. End of story. That production changes your lineup. George Springer will be a Washington National. Thank you. Goodbye. I, I hope so. We got the mic drop on that. Thank you. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you got that. Um, but assuming they do miss out on – Let's say Springer, Real Muto, and Osuna. Um, the next guy I would want is DJ LeMahieu because there's not that. Huge... You include him as a top free agent, though. I don't because I don't think he's going to command the same contract. Mm-hmm. What about? Yeah, would he be um, like middle top? He definitely what about would Michael be like Brantley. A Brantley's the one I think they're going to wind up with when they don't get Springer. I can see Brantley. I, I would say you know I don't think he's in the same tier. Certainly not a Springer and even Real Muto, just, again, because of the contract factoring into that situation, and Ozona, too. But he's probably the next guy for sure. Um, but I could I could see Brantley, definitely. But Dijon Mayhew, I guess Brantley's similar. Like, the contact guy, he may not be the power bat, but it's someone who gets on he's base. He's a pure hitter. Yeah, a pure hitter. That's a good way to put it. Um I, I'd obviously be okay with someone like Michael Brantley. Uh, you know, that was yeah, rather what, have Springer, but right. Brantley certainly. But that that's what I was getting to with, with LeMahieu was that pure hitter, like Ryan just said. So Brantley would fall into that category as well. Um, you know, if it were me, which I wish it was, but you know, I, I'm shopping Victor Robles. We, we talked about how Max Scherzer is the most attractive trade piece. They're not trading Max. No, you know, you we can argue, argue all day about whether they should or not, um, but they're not going they're to. Not, so they're it's not a good point. Max. Right. So at this point, Victor Robles in all of his 20 pounds of bad weight and his lowest exit velocity in the league is not bringing you much. He's, you know, uh, still uh, an elite defender, but not giving you jack shit at the plate. Like just, you know, to be blunt. Oh, about you it. said a bad word. Yeah, but it, it, it's fitting because he, he's just not. He's just not. So, you know, he has a great first week to start every season and then sucks there afterwards. But he still plays in the elite defensive center field. However, you can find that commonly, you know, look at the free agents this year. I hate to say it, but even Michael A. Taylor is the same thing. Sucks on offense, plays a great center field. I can admit that. I'm big enough of a man to admit that. But, you know, there that's common. Jackie Bradley Jr. does the same thing. Kevin Pillar, you know. Think about all the amazing catches he had in Toronto. And Toronto moved on from him. Like, it, it's very commonplace to find those elite defensive center fielders. So, you know, why not cash in on Robles now with, you know, the years of control, the upside he still has before he proves, like, everyone wrong and removes all, like, optimism about his upside? Because, you know, that's that's the way he, he he's going right now. So I would trade him for, you know, someone impactful offensively, replace him in a center fielder, you know, maybe someone like, well, Springer does play center field. Um, I, crap, I had someone in mind, but now I, 
just forgot. got off on a, I got off on a tangent, but you know, you you can find someone um, to play center. I mean, even Jonathan VR you know, played center field this year, so you can find yeah. someone. I kind of have a in. feeling like they're like they would be willing to shop Robles at this point. I don't. Uh, he's not sacrosanct anymore. I'm sure that Rizzo would entertain offers. I I certainly would hope so. What do you think about McCann? Oh, if they don't get Kike Hernandez, James McCann. I was thinking Kike Hernandez to fill in for center Kiki, field. You Young, he has some upside, some pop. Shouldn't be too too expensive. I would love Kike Hernandez to fill in if we fill other names. Option. Other names to look around. Um, Jock Peterson kind of fits. Yep. That script. Um, I feel like they would find some to pair with him. Um, Yasiel Puig at catcher, they'd probably go for like Alex Avia. But for a trade candidate, um, Kyle Seeger, they've checked in on him in the past, and now they're kind of looking for bats and they need one, whether it's an outfield or it's at third base. Kyle Seeger does that. He's a power hitting righty. Um, his numbers really aren't that bad, especially considering the fact that he plays in Seattle, which is not a good hitter park. So coming to a more neutral park that is hitter-friendly in the summer, he could benefit from that, and I could really see them transferring over to that if guys like Real Muto and Springer get out of their price range, which there's going to be a bidding war for both of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I was thinking McCann as a instead of Real Muto because I don't think I mean, they're gonna want to be in the bidding for that. I, I started everyone on the McCann trade. I tweeted them out in my like first. I did like this huge like mock off season thing like not too long ago trying to prove a point, and I had McCann in there and I like tweeted out his stat line. Ever since then, everyone's talking about McCann, so I just want to toot my own horn that toot, toot. I started that. I just want to toot my own horn that I called you guys braggadocious at the top of the show tonight, and boy was I right. I mean, the power of Shaq, it's a real thing. I mean, I'm expialidocious. <laughs> well, for sure. delicious. Sorta. All right. We got anything else? Uh, one big takeaway or one big thing, oh, whatever we're talking about, whatever we call it. I missed that at the bottom. I don't have a big thing tonight. Just the big, you know, garden harvest. Yes, I did have one big thing this week, which was the garden harvest, which I'm still dealing with. I also would like to point out that I did not yet pick any of the probably hundred daikon radishes I have out in my garden because I don't have any idea what to do with them. We have a friend who's, well, a couple of reasons. We were trying to break up some area to plant a new garden bed and the daikon radishes are great for that because they're huge. They grow like 12 to 16 inches. So they just break up the ground underneath them. So you can just like leave them in the ground and let them rot through the winter. And then it really helps the soil for the next year. We always do it when we plant a new bed. But we have a good friend whose mom is from Okinawa. And uh, she's always so excited when we have daikon radishes, if we do that for a new bed. So we'll probably pull a good chunk of them and drop them off for her. Hey, I bought a new bed. Did I mention that a couple weeks ago? I don't know. Are we talking about a garden bed or like a sleeping in bed? No, sleeping in bed. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, my one big thing is, you know, not not news, <laughs> but, um, you know, just with, we talked about last week, Kevin Long, Chip Hale, um, uh, the pitch, Menhart, you know, all being let go, so to speak. Uh, and Davey getting the guys he wants. 
Uh, my one big thing is for the avid listeners of the show, the Lerner family, um, let Mike Rizzo get the guys he wants. And I specifically mean players, you know, because historically, I haven't heard it in so much in recent years, but historically the Lerners have blocked a lot of Rizzo moves, a lot of high profile moves. And, you know, they do provide him with a large operating budget, which has, you know, afforded us the opportunity to sign guys like Max and, and, and whatnot and, you know, re-sign Strauss. But that only goes so far. You have to be able to make the moves and make the deals and whatnot um, that you need to make in order to keep your team successful and make your team successful. So I just hope that this is a sign of things to come. And I get it's more Mike Rizzo allowing Davey to have the guys he – he wants rather than, you know, just giving him guys and letting Davey inherit guys that are already there that didn't get it done. Um, but I just hope Rizzo has the same opportunity to get the guys he feels are best to get the job done. I like it. Do you have a one big thing for us, Ryan? Yeah, Dukes, you know, um, I come prepared. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, it's not as random. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good thing. So, Playoff baseball moments are just undefeated. Like, every sport has, like, what their playoffs are the best for. Like, Stanley Cup playoffs, they have the best. Like, hockey is the best playoff games. Football has the best championship. And baseball has the best moments. Like, there's just something always so special about, like, a huge playoff home run, a big base hit, or, like, a pitcher getting out of everything. Um like just baseball is the best playoff moments. And that's just been kind of echoed this entire postseason. whether that was Ronald Acuna jumping over the dugout fence, fist pumping in the air. Um, Cody Bellinger dislocating his freaking shoulder on the game winning home run. Like there's been so many great moments and like, even without fans, like the Padres going back to back and all their big hits in the game. Yeah. They lost. Um, no, sorry. That was a wild card series. I apologize. So, like, just stuff like that. Like, playoff moments are just so great, and I'm excited for the World Series. I think it's going to be a really good series. I hope so. I'm excited for it, too. Me, too. Well, next week when we talk, what is it? What are the dates? I don't even know exactly what the dates are. For- um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday. All right. Well, if it goes past five, we, we won't be done by the time we, we talk again. But I'm excited for it. It's going to be a good time. Do you have, I know we've all made our predictions. Are you, who are you guys rooting for? Who do you want to win? I just want, I just want a good series. Like, I, I'd like to see Kershaw get his ring, so I feel like I'm going to kind of lean for that. Think, also, yeah, if sorry. the Rays win, I'd be happy with that. Agree. I'm going to be happy either way because there's a storyline to go with it, uh, whether the Rays getting the rare, you know, championship or Kershaw finally, you know, exercising his demon, so to speak, and finally getting a well-deserved ring. Uh, I'm going to be happy either way, but I feel like, you know, Ryan's kind of inceptioned me to where I'm rooting for the Dodgers now because I want more teams to follow that. Let's spend money to be successful formula. (laughs) Fair enough. I am definitely rooting for the Rays. I love a good underdog story and they are definitely the underdogs. So, and have been all the way through. All right, cool. Well, have a good night guys. Um, For all of you listening, thank you as always for joining us we really appreciate it be sure to follow us and the show on twitter i will run through the handles one more time hopefully correctly this time at a white 7877 for me at dc natchat for ryan at half shack cap for nick at one pursuit takes at m davis taylor and at half street high heat 
You guys have a good week. Bye bye, Billy. Later. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team is mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so at the commentator who has the calls has passed the wall to see you later. Let's go, Nats. We've got a game to play. We're gonna win today. Let's go. By the early light of dawn, well you can see they're running scared Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look Cause we're putting curly W's in every book Let's go Nats, we've got a game to play We're gonna win today, let's go Like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.